0: Hello and welcome to the Be Inspired to Be Inspiring Stories podcast and this is the third episode of series four which has been sponsored by Armstrong Medical, a very inspirational organisation and today's guest is actually Jeremy Eakin and Jeremy is the Chief Executive Officer of Eakin Healthcare who own Armstrong Medical. He's a graduate of Ulster University um, and has taken up this Chief Executive Officer Executive Officer Post for this multi-award winning company, a family business with a global impact. Established in 1974 by Jeremy's dad, Tom, it manufactures and supplies ostomy products and surgical instruments right across the world. They acquired Armstrong Medical in late 2020 a company which manufacture and supply respiratory care equipment to critical and neonatal units with growth in all markets recently announced i am really looking forward to hearing more of this local inspiring business story jeremy you're very very welcome to the podcast
1: Thanks very much, Belinda. It's great to be here.
0: So we'll start, um, because I'm very eager to know as our listeners, so a major success story, Jeremy, from a local uh, family-owned business. So tell me a little of your personal background and how indeed you got involved in Aiken Healthcare.
1: Well, I suppose really to give you the background, rather than talking about me, it's more really about the background to the business itself. As, As you said in your intro there, Belinda, it was started by my father actually 50 years ago this year. Um, My father is a retired pharmacist, I say retired, he's 89 and he still trips into the office every day, Um, so it's great to have him around, but yeah, 50 years since he started the business, he's a retired pharmacist, and during the 1970s, um, people with an ostomy... Um, we're changing from old rubber reusable bags to plastic disposable bags. Now just for people that may not know what an ostomy is, it's really whenever people have to wear a bag attached to their body to collect their body waste, they effectively can't go to the toilet in the normal way that, that many of us are lucky enough to do. Uh, and it may be for a multitude of reasons. It could be cancer, it could be Crohn's, it could be colitis, it could be IBD, Any anything... That would cause some kind of obstruction or, or damage to your bowels and, and ends up potentially with you having to, to wear a, a stoma or ostomy bag. Okay. Um, so, let's say, there were these changes happening to the, 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 the products themselves during the 70s. Um, obviously being a prescription item, people were coming into his shop with their prescriptions to collect their bags and they were chatting to him as the pharmacist and um, going through all these um, problems of bags leaking or bursting or skin irritation, a little, little bit like baby snabby rash if you okay. think about it. Yep. Um, you know, Body output can really impact the skin. So there's a lot of skin irritation and things like that to, to people coming into his shop. So, um, uh, And combined with the fact that there was a close family member with an ostomy as well, this inspired him to do something about it. Um, as I say, he's, he's um, a retired pharmacist, but he's old school pharmacy. Okay. He uh, he wasn't the kind that just brought out packets of pills and, and gave you 24 and that was to do you six days kind of thing. He was the old school that kind of made their own creams and pastes and medicines and things like that. So he felt that he could, could make uh, something that, that would, that would um, help these people. And that's really how it all started. He, he started off making the bags um, and they were... Not excellent, if I'm totally honest in the first instance, some some good features, but that really unique aspect to to the bags that Dad made was the adhesive or glue hydrocolloid as we call it, which attaches the bag to the skin okay and um, it really prevented leakage between the bag and the skin and was very skin friendly. so obviously that being one of the biggest issues, that was really what started the company was was this successful skin hydrocolloid. His pharmacy was in Dundonald suburb just uh, outside Belfast. And uh, he bought the terrace house next door and that became his, his, his first factory. Um, so that's, that's the story behind the business. It was really all a, about a drive to help people with the stoma. It's all about people in need. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that ethos still, still really sits with us, with us today. Um, as I said, Dad was, Dad was the inspiration behind the development of the product. I could imagine as a young child he was also into Meccano and stuff like that because he loved (laughs) making things and building things. So his interest was in developing the product and then also building a machine to make it. He probably wouldn't agree with me, but I would say his strength did not lie in selling and promoting the product. He was quite happy to make this product and give it to a distributor in the mainland in Birmingham. And uh, they, they sold our products in the UK. And that's really the way the business was going from sort of late 70s until till the early 90s, whenever I joined the business. Um, I did a degree in uh, business studies up at uh, Jordanstown, University of Ulster, and um, my real interest was in international trade. I got a buzz out of that. I um, went straight out of uni and got a job in short, aircraft manufacturer, I think it's called Spirit Air, or something now, it's been bought over a few times. Okay, um, And it just wasn't for me. Great business but I, I just didn't seem to click with it. So I was looking for another role just at the time when Dad was thinking of expanding internationally, and I thought, that sounds like something I'd be interested in. Yeah. Do I really want to work with Dad? <laughs> Definitely not, but I tried it, and 30-odd years later, I'm still working with my Dad, who still goes into the office every day, as I said. So that's, uh, uh, that's, that's really the story of the business and ho- how I got into it. I tended to then grow up through the international side of the business, so even though I lived, uh, live in Northern Ireland, most of my work for the last 30 years has actually been travelling and, and growing our business outside uh, the UK and Ireland. My brother joined the business a few years later and he kind of looked after the domestic side of things. So um, it's only in the last sort of couple of years where my brother's stepped away from the business and I've kind of taken on the CEO role where I'm looking after the whole business as opposed to just the international bit. But So that's a, a bit of a potted history about about how the business started. Um, and and my role in it. It's obviously expanded over the years through acquisition beyond just um, ostomy and stomach care into now surgical instruments and more recently then, as you mentioned at the start, Armstrong Medical. We acquired that from the Armstrong family up in Rain, another Northern Ireland family success story. Um, And that has taken us into respiratory business as well.
0: Which is fantastic, and you actually acquired that business late 2020 amidst a huge global pandemic, Jeremy. um, When a lot of people were sort of, you know, in lockdown and maybe I suppose I review it, maybe it was very challenging, obviously, but it was like a a time of slowdown in in lots of different ways and lots of pivoting was going on for so many organisations. But Egan Healthcare decided to acquire armstrong medical in the middle of all of that so yeah tell us tell us all about that uh, that acquisition and um, jeremy and how it came about
1: what you're really asking is how mad was that <laughs> <laughs> it was mad completely bonkers <coughs> excuse me it was completely bonkers and when i look back on it how how we survived that process i don't know but the underlying thing was it was a great business it's a fantastic business, Armstrong Medical. It was when we bought it and still is and has amazing potential. And it does wonderful things yeah. for for, it, for its for its customers. Um, in some ways, it, it was an opportunistic acquisition. We had always known um, as a business that we had a lot of our eggs in one basket. Most of our business was in ostomy and stomach care. We wanted to branch into other areas of medical devices. We had been looking around for several years, but... Um, We're not firmly fixed on what that area of of, um, medical devices would be. And i say it was opportunistic because John Armstrong, um, the previous um, family owner, had decided uh, he wanted to sell up. So he actually came knocking on our door um, as another Northern Ireland family business to see if we were interested in buying it. We met John a couple of times and his family got to see around the business and it's a as I said, it's a it's a great it's a great business. We just knew that with that Northern Ireland family background, and are up the road, you can drive up the road, see it, kick the walls, touch it, feel it. You really get a a sense of it. We just knew that that was for us. Um, you're absolutely right. The timing was was lousy, um, but the one thing that John Armstrong said, the one stipulation, um, without betraying any conferences, was if we want to buy it, we need to buy it quickly. <laughs> Uh, I think this was around about early September, and we had to complete by Christmas. Oh wow. Now, to put that in perspective, I know uh, I've got a friend who had a business and he sold his business. and it took from November one year to August the next. So it's these things are yeah. normally eight, ten months. Mm-hmm. So to do this in ten weeks was just nuts. But but you did it. But we did it. <laughs> <coughs> and I would say there were there were there were three or four things about that. To your point, it was it was a transaction during the pandemic, so we were we were in lockdown. All the meetings were over Teams and mm-hmm. Zoom, and you've obviously got a big team of of advisors. Yeah, even our own st- our own colleagues. Um, we've got directors that are located not just in Cumber, but you know, uh, UK, Ireland, you know, the mainland. In fact, at, at one stage, I was one of only two directors in Northern Ireland, okay. and they couldn't travel, of to, to be together. So we were all over the place, locked in our spare bedrooms. So just not being together was one challenge a very very ridiculously tight uh, time scale was another one you know the the point really is i go back to why we bought it it's a brilliant company with brilliant people and and fantastic products um and i'm just so grateful to have that team up there lovely bunch of people yeah. um and as you and i were talking uh, just just before we started this uh, Northern Ireland's a small place you know my colleagues up there as well and, and you know what they're like they're just they're just fantastic yeah. So it's, it's great and really really excited about what we and they can do with with that side of our business going forward.
0: But you know kudos really Jeremy for seeing the opportunity in the business not letting um, a very challenging pandemic uh, hold you back in terms of proceeding with that acquisition um and as you say maybe then you know th- the timing just maybe was quite right in terms of not being in the first lockdown but obviously um being hit with the second lockdown but yeah. as you say you can reflect back and be very proud <laughs> of break, what
1: you achieved i probably break all the rules of business i should be a planner and instead i'm more of a reflector so i, I probably just went into it head first <laughs> without thinking about it and it's only in hindsight to go
0: Wow, that was
1: nuts! You know, <laughs>
0: how did we do that? <laughs> yeah, but you did, yeah, you did. did, and you learned from I it. Live
1: to tell the tale,
0: and you've no regrets either. So, which yeah. is all learning, isn't it? Learning, but learnings, no regrets. Absolutely, yeah, it's all yeah, experience. Put exactly. it down to experience, Jeremy. So, exactly. So you know, you have a very busy career. You have a huge workforce. You're, you know, the chief executive officer of the overall um parent company, um Eakin Healthcare. You know busy busy day busy week and um, busy job so what does a typical day look like for you Jeremy and in the middle of all of that how do you manage your own well-being
1: I look at the shape of me i don't <laughs> look, I look after my own well-being i could do with shifting a few stones um, it, it's in, it's interesting i, I suppose what what your typical day looks like evolves depending on what you're doing at the time and what state the business is in. Um, I've kind of told you a little bit about the history of how the business was set up and then this acquisition of Armstrong Medical. Armstrong Medical wasn't the first acquisition. We'd done several. Um, and actually, probably due to the family dynamics of, of working in a family business with a father and a brother, we found that the best way to work together was to not work together. <laughs> um so, so oh, we the, the 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 businesses that we acquired, we actually kept them quite separate okay. in some ways. Okay. It was almost more like an alliance of companies rather than one company. So, um, obviously, obviously, COVID and my brother stepping back from the business and my father getting on a little bit. I'm the, <laughs> I will say, I'm the young and active one. I'm the <laughs> active one in the business now. Um, we'll take out the word young. So, it's an opportunity um, since I've taken over as CEO to integrate all okay. these businesses into one Econ Healthcare. So, people probably won't have heard of Econ Healthcare. It's because it was almost like the parent company. They've heard okay. of Armstrong Medical or TG Econ or Pelican Healthcare or Respond. Um, and what we're really doing now, and we started around about April of what's now last year, 2022, yes. was to restructure and, and m- merge and integrate these into one. Econ Healthcare. Um, We have three quite large sites in, uh, it has to be a town starting with a C, so Cumber, (laughs) Coleraine, and Cardiff. Very good. And uh, then we, our, our home delivery service for Stomacare, Respond, has seven or eight sites dotted around the, the mainland and, and Northern Ireland as well. So they're a big job to integrate those. I only know the people really that I had worked with on in the international side of the business and then my kind of year and a half up in Coleraine with the Armstrong team. I don't know as many of the people, my colleagues in, in Cardiff, for example. So... Very long-winded answer to your to your question, no, Belinda. Um, at the moment, I'm just I'm I'm very inward-looking. Okay. I'm really trying to integrate these businesses, get everybody, no matter where they are in the business, be it UK, Ireland, we've got offices in France, Germany, Netherlands, Japan. I want them all to feel part of one equal healthcare. So there's a big integration job. There's a big cultural job. Um. You know, culture is just everything in business and we have these pockets of slightly different cultures and I want them all to feel that they belong to that one business with that united goal um, of, of working together and improving lives. Uh, So that's really what I'm doing at the moment. Very inwardly focused, trying to move around all the sites and get to know those colleagues that I don't know, um, get it structured appropriately, get a strategy for the combined business and to, to, as I say, get that great um, family ethos, culture uh, uh, standardised, if you want, across all the the sites. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. It's quite different from the past where I was out and about meeting customers all the time and I'm missing that desperately and I I think it's important to be out meeting your customers. So I'm absolutely delighted that in the last two or three months, kind of the autumn term of school as it would have been, has really been the first time since that uh, original lockdown where we've started to get out. I got to meet our team in Japan and the Netherlands. We're starting to get nurse visits back to see around our factory. We're starting to interface with the people that... That we that we need to mm-hmm. our customers and and that's that helps them it helps us it's it's a it's very much a partnership so that's what I want to be doing but at the moment it's still a bit of an internal job and then I'm kind of I'll be able to but spend more time you'll probably personally. find
0: that once you get the internal mechanics and the culture and the strategy and all yep. those things right then the exactly. the external piece will naturally yeah. follow that and really things have only. Over the last few months, really started to open up again in terms of international travel and events and all of that. So
1: that's, it'll that's probably con-
0: naturally. Um, that's totally it, that.
1: and, and I suppose one of the reasons as well, which I where I have to focus on on the culture, is that uh, on a couple of our sites, we actually did quite a bit of recruitment during COVID. So we've got a lot of people that had never, you know, coming into the offices now who had never really worked in the office. Yeah. and They don't know who their colleagues are. They've seen yeah. this picture on Teams um so just trying to get back to the way we were pre-covid but with everybody getting in and you know i i I understand the the need for flexibility work-life balance working from home and and i think it's great to have that kind of hybrid culture but i'm a strong believer of making sure that people do come into the office minimum two three days a week because that that chat in the canteen that that White Lotus or whatever you're watching on Netflix with your colleagues. Uh, that's so important, yeah. you know, and the number of people who have said to me, I really didn't want to come back to the office, but I'm glad I did.
0: Yeah. It's social connection. It's, it's
1: social connection. And, yeah. and so I want to really make sure that we get that back and get, because we had a lovely culture pre-COVID, we want to get that back. Brilliant. And once we've got that, um, we, we'll be buzzing. And um,
0: And then in terms of your own well-being then yeah. in, in the midst of all it because it's so busy there's so many yeah. things going on you have huge aspirations you have you know a full strategic plan setting out the culture all of those things it's 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 hard work it's heavy going yeah. so h- how do you unwind what's what's your time look like Jeremy? I,
1: I keep th- thinking I'm inherently quite lazy <laughs> I love <laughs> to sit my backside <laughs> I have learned as I've got older in, in life um, and I think especially during COVID and actually especially during the uh, Armstrong acquisition when I mean, I was literally doing 18, 20 hours days for those things. And after two or three weeks of that, I just thought the gyms were open, but there were no classes that I need to go to the gym. I need to pedal on a stationary bike or punch a bag or lift a mm-hmm. weight or do something. And I've I've got very disciplined about that. I know it, it doesn't show. <laughs> well, You're very hard on yourself. <laughs> oh, no, really. <laughs> um, so I, I I consciously make time to go to the gym three or four times a week because that just you know even if i'm not very good at it it makes you feel so much better it's your physical well-being and your mental well-being that that relationship between physical exercise and mental health i'm I'm very lucky i've never had any mental health issues but you just know when you've had a bad day to go down to the gym and have some personal trainer shout at you (laughs) it's the best thing can can happen so that um I've got grown up kids who, uh, you know, had grown up and were, were leaving home and suddenly they came back during lockdown and it's amazing when they come back they seem to like their parents again. <laughs> uh, so spending time with my my grown up family is, is lovely because they're great oh, crack now. Yes. Um, and then I'm very lucky. We've got a a, a holiday house up at Port Ballantrae. Lovely. So just getting out with the Nature. wind blowing yeah. your head away and walking along the coastline there and Fun. giving you an excuse to go to the Bayview Hotel. There's a plug for a pint of Guinness. <laughs> lovely that, that's the well-being
0: yeah and you know what that's so important and it's it's ensuring that you do factor that in whenever you are you know you're the head of this massive organization responsible for so many staff um and it's just taking that those moments out isn't it and just clearing the head in whatever way that you you find is beneficial so very I interesting that, i think that's
1: uh, that's the thing i mean it's it, we're we're very lucky across the board we've got a phenomenal team of people um, uh, and you know, sometimes you see emails coming in at eight or nine o'clock at night, and a little bit of me thinks, God, that that's so impressive that they're so dedicated to doing that. But I always want to say to them, shut the laptop, go to the gym, go to the yeah. cinema, do something, time out, time out. It's the boundaries,
0: it. isn't it? Oh, it is yeah, totally, yeah. totally. It's okay doing that, but not on a on an ongoing
1: daily exactly. basis. Maybe exactly.
0: one night a week or whatever. Yes, but if yeah, There's something, if it's something big happening.
1: But yeah. I'm a massive believer in work life balance. Yeah. You've yeah, life's too short.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody in their
1: deathbed ever said, I wish I spent more time at the office.
0: It's true, isn't it? Perfect, so true. Yeah. So, um, you know, on a personal level, and you've mentioned your dad um, and indeed your brother and your family, um, but, you know, if you could maybe sum up who has been your biggest inspiration or has there been more than one person? Um, and indeed, why, Jeremy?
1: So, spoiler alert, uh, I knew this question was coming up and despite thinking about it there's no one person Okay. I don't have a he- well I have lots of heroes and that kind of stuff Yes. Um, but it's not that I kind of look up to them and try to emulate them I have a lot of respect for a lot of really successful people you know people that just give up everything and start their business and grow it to X size and I just you know I was lucky I was set second generation I came to a business that was already established Okay. somebody to start their own business is just that is that is courage to a whole new level <coughs> Excuse me. But rather than have kind of a, a, a one single inspiration, I, t- I take nuggets out of people I respect. You know, and it could be somebody you meet who's quite inspirational at the time, but more often than that, it's just a... It could be a, a normal... It could be a friend. It could be a colleague. It could be another business person and you just get chatting to them and there's something you like about most people and there's something you dislike about most people. Yeah. But... You know, you try to look at the good and go, wow, I, you know, let's try to emulate that a little bit. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really, I, I really, I think the first time I ever really thought about that was actually uh, one of our distributors in Australia. Who uh, who we still work with. But in his day and running his business, I, I remember taking a lot of inspiration from him in terms of the way he worked with and treated his employees. Uh, you know, he was he was still a bit of a ruthless businessman but he treated people well and with respect. Uh, so I, I, I took a lot from him and, and, and others like that. Yeah. The, the world is just all about people. Yeah. It's, it's how you interact with, connect with uh, with, with, with other people and, and how you treat them and, and how they then treat you in response. So that, that's probably my biggest inspiration. The, the other main inspiration, I suppose, which is very specific to the job that I'm doing, is, is just the healthcare professionals that we, we deal with. In, through all our different therapeutic areas, I mean, there's obviously specialist consultants and surgeons and this kind of stuff. But uh, within our own business, we tend to inter- interact mostly with nurses, yeah. be it stomach care nurses for the ostomy care or ICU nurses for critical care within Armstrong's or uh, neonatal respiratory nurses. Um, they're incredible people. They're just, they're inspirational because... You can go to school. You can get your qualifications. You can go to uni now and you get a degree to become a nurse, and you can be a nurse on paper. But so many nurses have more than just that qualification. Mm-hmm. There's an empathy. Yeah. So I mean, somebody takes a heart attack in the street and a crowd of people, you know, r- rally round. You can spot the nurse. Yes. The way he or she talks to that patient, comforts them, looks after the the holistic. You you can spot a nurse. Yeah. Fifty thousand feet, and there—it's there, that empathy, that dedication.
0: It's a gift.
1: It, it is a gift. Yeah. It's a gift as well as a qualification, yeah. and and I think that that that's why it's such a privilege for us to work with with nurses across the board, as I say, and and, and I know your—I think it was your previous guest was a neonatal nurse specialist, yeah, Sharon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, just even in listening to, to her podcast with you, you know, just yeah, it's so a voca- it's a vocation.
0: They're phenomenal, and obviously part of the campaign that um, Armstrong Medical is undertaking with um, the Inspire campaign and the wellness of the critical care nurses and the neonatal unit nurses. It's it's fantastic, yeah. and th- and that shines through in terms yeah. of not only what you're saying, but actually the actions and what you're doing. Totally, you know, um, they're and a
1: very unique, uh, fantastic group of people, and and it's it's lovely for us that they are our customers, and I, I yes, we're a business. That's, that's the cynical side of it. But it's, it's, it's a privilege to be working with them, I like to think, in partnership. All we do is provide the tools that they need for their job. Yeah. They're doing the job, um, but it's such a privilege to work with them, and they're, they're just great.
0: Yeah. Well, I go as far, and actually in the in the, the first um, episode of this series with, mm-hmm. with yourselves, um, I had spoke about my um, experience having a close family member in the intensive mm-hmm. care unit, and I call them earth angels because they yeah. save lives, and yeah. that's they're just miracle workers. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. You can have a qualification, but you have to have it innately within you to want to do better for the patients, and at the same time, they need the tools, which you provide um, to be able yeah. to offer that service, and I saw that firsthand, yeah. um, Jeremy. So,
1: and I think what they're going through at the moment. I mean, I had I had cause to be up in in a and e what a couple of months ago, and it was uh, not with myself, but I was with with somebody else, just sitting around watching the. They're working in a war zone at the moment. It's the only way I can describe it. You know the the overcrowding, and you know we were we were looking after the the people that we were there with, hoping they would get treatment. But actually, when you stop and look at this, the environment that those nurses are working, stepping over people and around armchairs because there's not enough beds and trolleys, you know, the fact that they continue to perform and deliver in such challenging, challenging circumstances in 2023. I know. Nearly said 2023, mm-hmm. um, is, is just a uh, credit to them. Phenomenal. Yeah, and totally it's a agree. privilege to
0: support them. Totally agree. Well, it's it's fantastic work you're doing, Jeremy. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And I suppose that links into, you know, the community side of things. Yeah. And we, we've chatted already a wee bit around that. Um, and you're really involved, especially now since the acquisition of Armstrong Medical, um, in community um, and that's that's continuing to evolve for you so i suppose how important you know is that to you and indeed the business um, and what does that look like in terms of your your plans
1: look it, it's funny I, I don't know whether i'm getting nostalgic in my older age but i think community matters even more um as you get older you you, you respect it and you you you're grateful for your sort of heritage <laughs> even if it is northern irish irish which is the the most confused heritage you'll ever get, um, but you know, I think that we we just owe so much to to our community and and and, the, and our backgrounds in terms of, of of what we've received from it. Um, we've always, and I think the other thing about community is, we've woken up and realized it because of COVID, or. The, the cost of living crisis or whatever, this perma crisis we're living through now, sense of communities becoming even more valuable and even more important. And actually, uh, uh, the other thing, I've, I've lot of, an awful lot of respect for the the Generation Zs that are coming into the workforce now. You know, us old fogies talk about them being a bit overly woke and all the rest of it, and, and they are, but actually... They they seem to have a balance of working hard, playing hard, but caring for the environment and the community and giving back. That that whole balance, they seem to be a much more balanced generation than perhaps my own, which was work, work, work or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a very I'm going down a lof- <laughs> waffly answer to this not question, all, Belinda, but we'll, we'll we'll try and keep going. Um, so th- that has actually made me focus on trying to. Um, really ensure that not just as a business but through, um, as a corporate entity but our employees within the business are engaged in the community. So we have this employee engagement group called Belong <laughs> and that's, uh, that's something we've rolled out across all the businesses again recently. You know, it's, it's, it's social but it's also charitable and it's community and it, it's, it's kind of engaging with each other, engaging with our communities and the great thing about that is we can do that wherever we are in the world. You know, our Japanese can team, team can work with the, their, their, their neighbours in Tokyo or in Netherlands. They can work with Teal or Cumber and Coleraine. We, c- we can really be local and targeted in how we want to interact and support with the local community. Um, but also then our community is, is the people we work with. Yes. You know, respiratory nurses, stoma nurses, neonatal nurses, and and engaging with them, and it is that just that support that that mutual support. I think is what community is all about. Of course, it is rallying yeah. cry and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of community in that respect as well. But uh, but um. I, I suppose going back to the original question, if, as I as I get older, I would probably like to give a little bit more back to, to Northern Ireland if we can. I I think that. Um. I'm I'm very very grateful to all our employees, that the bulk of whom are in, in Northern Ireland, although there's an awful lot in, in mainland as well. Um, and as I said, Northern Ireland, as a as a sort of region, does its best to shoot itself in the foot and try to mess itself up. But there's a lot of good stuff here. Oh, amazing! You know, and I, and I think I think that we we probably give ourselves a bad reputation because the people that speak for us in Northern Ireland are probably the worst of the lot of them. You know, the people actually doing the work on the ground are, are great. No, absolutely.
0: So, um, it's inspire. It's, it's it's inspiring, yeah, and yeah. I suppose on this journey of inspiring stories, I've been fortunate to meet so many diverse yeah. businesses, people, and and you know, um, yeah, people just doing totally amazing things quietly.
1: Yeah, that's it. Do you know, th- th- that's that's exactly it. The people that shout loudest in Northern Ireland are the ones you want to just gag them. <laughs> no offense to <laughs> anyone in particular, but it's it's just a fact. We we you know why do these people speak for us? They're shocking. Yeah. You know, the the, the the man, woman, boy, girl in the street that's just getting on with community work yeah. or growing their business or whatever. Yeah. They're they the unheard voices. Yeah. And actually, the, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to meet two or three um, business people from Northern Ireland who have maybe started up here. A few of them have gone to the US. I remember meeting one guy. He'd gone to Silicon Valley. He'd started some I don't know something technical, okay. some tech business in Silicon Valley made a fortune, sold it for squillions, and he's now one of these people. who's coming back to Northern Ireland and, and helping startups. Given back, yeah, you know, and that's that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And okay, I'm not in that league, mm-hmm. but if there's stuff that we can do to m- make that silent majority in Northern Ireland be a little bit, not even so much heard, but their actions mm-hmm. uh, given a bit of a profile, I think that that'll be yeah. a lovely thing to do. Um, but also in the other communities where, as I say, where we operate, because we're not just a Northern Irish yeah. company now. You know, we've we've a big community in Cardiff and, and throughout England and Scotland and uh, Republican. I say, yeah. And you're a new
0: patron for Northern Ireland Chamber of Commerce as well.
1: We are. Yes. As I said, now that I'm, I'm traveling a little bit less internationally, so. Um, for a guy that's lived in Northern Ireland all my life, I'm, I'm only really starting to get to know people here because I've been away travelling and, and working. Um, so it's nice to start to, to interact with, with um, Chamber and other business organisations. That's actually been really important and really valuable over the last two, three years during Brexit. Um, sorry to mention the B <laughs> word. We'll not, go, we'll not go down that road. But just being part of that yes, business community of course, yeah. and networking there has been, and has that's been very valuable. Yep. Oh, oh, totally. Yep. Um, and and uh, we're, we're very lucky as well, actually, in terms of Chamber of Commerce, our, our new Chief People Officer, Gillian McCauley, is actually the President of the Chamber of Commerce at the moment, so um, fair play to her. Left. So, you know, just that whole Northern Ireland network thing is something that I'm not in. It doesn't necessarily come naturally to me, but I'd like to like work on that a little bit.
0: Yeah, but well, you're making you're making um, definitely positive steps and strides um, in in lots of different areas of the community, and it's it's wonderful to hear, Jeremy. It really is. And you know, I suppose we, we've talked a wee bit around reflection and looking back. And if you can look back on your journey, um, your own personal journey, before you you joined the company, and obviously now as as head leader within the company. Um, has there been a, a greatest highlight? Has there been a standout moment?
1: I, I don't actually think there's been one or two. Um I kind of just look back and at the whole journey. It's, it's 30 years for me last year, and just go, wow. Because I, I tend to live in the moment. Good. Yeah. Um and I just get on with what needs done today, what needs done next year, okay, let's plan for that and do it. Um, that's probably not the right way to run a business. I should be having five and ten year strategies. But for myself, I just get on with it on a day-to-day basis. Never dreamt when I started, whatever, 1992, stuck in the same office as my dad, <laughs> the two of us having a bad day, not even speaking to each other occasionally. <laughs> but we were the only two people in the room. Um, you know, Never thought it would be, we'd now be you know, a business of this scale with 700 employees around... You know, whatever number of countries it is, um, so I suppose just that turning back and, and looking backwards, going, "Wow, you know, this is this is, maybe we have achieved," um, but I say we, and I don't mean mean the family. Yeah, I mean the the family's the name on the, on the letterhead. It's the colleagues. Yeah, you know, the team. They, they've done it.
0: But they've it's amazing—a it. multi-award winning as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you know. we we'll, look, I think that's the. That, you didn't ask me this question, but what's the thing that astounds me? And the thing that astounds me is, is the dedication, the loyalty. Um, yeah, those two words of our employees. Like sometimes they're, they're doing stuff first and going, why? Why, why would you do that? Why do you care that much about it's a job? You're coming in, okay, I'm paying your wages, but why do you care that much? That wows me. The, the dedication and the ambition and the loyalty of, of, of every one of our employees just never ceases to amaze me.
0: But that's interlinked with the environment and the culture that it you have is. you know, set yeah. within the organisation
1: yeah.
0: um, because loyalty is built upon yeah. what you see and being happy in your work environment. So yeah. to me, that reflects back very much, Jeremy, on... You and your family, and the business that you've
1: created—hopefully, but you know, it's—it's still—it's still, it's still oh, the you're fact. You're so humble. You're it's, so it's, hum- well. It's you no, know, but it is. It is.
0: Just, yeah.
1: You know. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's absolutely great. I'm, I wonderful. Just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky.
0: And I suppose you know, you are an Ulster University <laughs> graduate. Um, you long had, time ago. Well, that long um you know you had that business background you as you say your second generation taking over the family business but for any young entrepreneur out there who's maybe in the middle of a business degree um or finishing due to finish maybe this year and they be thinking about becoming an entrepreneur any advice for them Jeremy? I
1: don't know that I'm the person to give advice uh the degree I did was business studies and and I remember whenever I was at uni they used to bring guest speakers in from industry to talk and a few years after um, I left. they They asked me to 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 I can't even remember what the presentation was, but I remember thinking giving examples and thinking that that's kind of the opposite of what they told us to do. <laughs> I was never asked back. So, <laughs> so I'm probably not the one to give advice. but yeah, again, i was I was thinking about this, and and I don't think of myself as an entrepreneur because I, I think of entrepreneurs as people who achieve quickly. Great success quickly. Maybe that's just my misinterpretation of it. Whereas ours has just been very evolutionary over over 30, 40 years, 50 years. But if I had to think it about it, I suppose I can only speak with my own experience. The things you're most passionate about tend to be the things you're good at. If you're not passionate about something, you're not going to be as good at it. Yeah. So stick with what you're passionate about. You've got to love some aspect of what you're doing to really get into it. If you're doing something because you have to, you're not going to do it well. Um, so whatever you're really passionate about or what you're good at, stick to that. And if there's an element of, of your role that you've got to do that you're not so good at, get somebody else to do it. Delegate. They, but they're, they're, they're better at it. Yeah. Um, and and I was thinking of two quotes, and I wish I wish they had been mine, but they're not. I heard them from other people. Um, and the first one was always employ people who are cleverer than yourself. Mm-hmm. That's really easy for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are not cleverer than me, but it's absolutely right. You know, just employ people who are much yeah. smarter than yourself. They they can do it much better than you ever will, uh, and you still get the credit for it, which is a wonderful <laughs> thing. Well, it's, then, team credits, it's team credit. It's team <laughs> credit. Everybody wins. <laughs> and the other one, uh, and I, I would be I would be guilty of this one is 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 is, uh, is, is go with your gut instinct. And and I remember wi- wobbling on that one one time. And I was talking to a guy, another Northern Ireland business guy, a guy called James Lecky, And he said, "Jeremy, don't listen to your gut. Obey it." There you go. And I went, That's love good. that. Don't listen to I your
0: know
1: gut. No, James Lecky. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. good. So um, those were probably my love my, that my have to tidbits. say. Don't, don't just don't listen to it. Obey it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right.
0: Brilliant advice. No worries. Straightforward. I, w- but I wish brilliant. it had
1: been mine. But it's not. I'm just. But I'm, it is. Again, well, it's your I'm,
0: interpretation of it, you know. So I'm
1: quoting people smarter than me. So I'm, I'm at least I'm sticking by <laughs> uh, my own advice.
0: Well, what was it? Uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, isn't that yes. another one? <laughs> exactly, so.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> but you know, Jeremy, fantastic business, global success, multi award winning. You know, acquiring other businesses. So, uh, cons- consistently growing through a pandemic, um, fantastic results just announced um, in the media achieve you've just achieved so so much Jeremy and you're so modest with it all um but what's next what's next for you and what's next for the company um
1: for the business more of the same uh you know this is this is a family owned business it has been for 50 years and it, it hopefully will be for the next 50 years um I'm the youngest of the three family members that that were in it uh, my dad's as I said still coming into the office every day at 89 my brother's not so much um but I'm, I'm 55. My, the next generation are still in their 20s. They're they're doing their own thing. Who knows? At some stage, they may want to stray into the business and be an element of it, but they'll, I can't see any of them walking straight into CEO role. Yeah. So um, I suppose, yeah, more of the same for the business. Um, my, I feel that my role over the next sort of few years, or year or two anyway, is to make sure that, I get the business to a stage where I can hand it over to someone who's not family member. Okay. So it'll still be family owned, but it's not gonna be family operated. Okay. Um, but yet still retaining that kind of ethos, that culture, uh, the values, the behaviors, and, and that uniqueness that makes it Eakin Healthcare. Um, there are lots of medical device companies out there, all very successful. But thinking about our success, yes, we've got great products uh, and good quality service, and all that kind of stuff that we want to brag about. But it, it's our people. It's that personalised service. It's that culture. It's that putting our arm round the patients and holding hands with the nurses and the healthcare yeah. professionals to give that care to the patients. I think that makes us us unique. Um, so making sure that we retain that while perhaps not having a family member at the top of the tree. Um, is what I would like to achieve in the next year or two for the, for the business. And then that will allow me to, to do something completely different. I definitely won't take up golf, <laughs> as I said to you. But um, there, there are other things I, I, w- I want to do. I want to step back a little bit. I would obviously want to stay as close to the business as I can in terms of on the board and active. Um, going back to your comment on, on community... I'd probably like to do a little bit more there. I'd like to start that giving back a little bit of, um, we we have started an an Eakin Foundation, so um, just something that maybe is a little bit more philanthropic uh, that that really helps our our communities, maybe our customers, but equally our our colleagues. I I can can never sing uh, the praise of my colleagues highly enough and of that community that we we work with, those incredible nurses. So something that really, Goes a little bit philanthropic, but stays close to yeah. the business. Is probably where... I would, uh, weakness. Love my holidays. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's not a weakness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's also a strength. I'm very good at them. <laughs> so, uh, but that's, part and, part, part, it? that's yeah. part and partial, isn't it? That's part and
0: partial. You have to have you have to have that downtime and that, yeah. you know, seeing the world and the culture and all of that and experience. Exactly. It's all about exactly. life experiences, isn't it? Exactly.
1: Uh, and I'm very lucky. I've got my parents around so but they're getting oh. an age so maybe spend a little bit of time with them. Lovely. So yeah, plans.
0: Jeremy, absolutely phenomenal story. Um Thank I you. can't believe you're as modest as you actually are, but that just shines through in terms of the family and the local um fantastic homegrown business here in Northern Ireland, major success story, global impact um, and it has just been absolutely amazing to hear your inspiring business leadership story. Thank you so much for for Armstrong Medical sponsoring this series, pleasure. but yeah. thank you so much for taking the time, um, and really giving me an in-depth um, you know, analysis of not just the company, but indeed yourself. So thank you so much for being being part of this, Jeremy. No, it was lovely to meet you.
1: No problem. At all. Absolute pleasure, and, and and congratulations on the on the Be Inspired series of podcasts there. I think it's re- they are really inspirational. Thank you. And uh, just listening to some of the other people that you've, you've spoken to, it's, it's incredible. So well done to you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Jeremy. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Be Inspired to Be Inspiring Stories podcast. This series has been brought to you in partnership with Armstrong Medical, a Northern Ireland family-based business that specialise in medical devices and respiratory products. For more information feel free to visit their website www.armstrongmedical.net Be sure to follow Be Inspired To Be and indeed subscribe to be notified when all of the podcast episodes are available. Thank you so much for listening.